Welcome to Millennial 728. I'm Andrew. And I'm Laura. We are recording 728, and the episode is going to be released on 728. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Pam, last week she had her birthday. This week, uh, an unexpected personal matter came up, so she is missing this week. Maybe next week, too. We'll see. But um, next week, we'll definitely bring on a third person because Laura and I can't sit here and talk for two hours. It's, yeah, it's exhausting. We- yeah, we can't keep this show up on our own. <laughs> no, we need we need a third leg. I had something happen to me over the weekend that I'm still not over. You know, Laura, in life, we face many obstacles, and sometimes you just can't win. You try to be a good person, right? right. and you just can't win. So Pat and I got lunch with our friend, Dr. Sarah Steelman. Love her. Yes, it was a very nice time. And after that, we're going up to our car in the parking garage. So we're on the first floor and we're taking the elevator up. Uh, We're going up to floor three. On the way up, the elevator stops at floor two. Somebody gets out. Somebody comes in. I say to this woman coming in, just so you know, the elevator is going up first. So I pushed the number one for her as a courtesy so the elevator would go back down for her after we got out. She says to me, oh, I wish you told me it was going up before I got in the elevator. I don't say anything. So we get up to floor three. The door opens. As I'm walking out, she says, thanks for your help. I detect sarcasm, but whatever. I'm just going to walk out. I'm out of the elevator. I hear from the elevator, asshole. What? (laughs) I look at Pat to confirm that I just heard what I think I heard. He has a look of surprise on his face. I walk back over to the elevator and I say, did you just call me an asshole? (laughs) And I think she was surprised that I came back and asked her. Good. (laughs) She goes, huh? I say, did you just call me an asshole? At this point, the elevator doors are closing. I hear her say again, yes, you are an asshole. Really, bitch? I'm an asshole because I didn't tell you quick enough that the elevator was going to be going up first? That's maybe something you you say in your head and keep in your head. Maybe the moment the doors opened and I saw you coming in, I should have said, stop, wait, it's going up a floor first. But it wasn't the first thing on my mind. I was so shocked. I try to be a good person and I'm still caught an asshole. Yeah. I was so upset, Laura. The only thing I can think is that she must have just been having a really bad day. God. That's the only thing that makes it make sense. Right. I was thinking, okay, well, maybe she was afraid of being in the elevator longer because of COVID. But she wasn't wearing a mask. Maybe if she was, I would have been like, okay, she didn't want to be trapped in that small space for longer than she had to. But she wasn't wearing a mask. It just bothered me so much because, again... I was nice about the whole situation. I didn't do anything wrong. We're all there. We all go into the elevator when it's going the wrong direction. And also, lady, there's a little light outside the elevator telling you which direction the elevator is about to go. You could have looked at it before stepping in. Yeah. It's also just like the stakes are really low, man. Like, yeah, you weren't on an elevator you know, going to another, like a quantum realm or something. Like you didn't seriously divert her from her route to go down one floor. One floor higher. Jesus. One floor. And that elevator was going to come right back down and pick her up. Oh, So she would have waited the same amount of time. Same amount of time. Why do people have to be this mean? We just, 
we're getting through a pandemic and you still have to go out of your way to be the asshole. Anyway, I immediately texted Sarah this. I was like, can you believe what what just happened to me? And she was like, we're done with society. This is it. Yeah. And the only again, the only way that it makes sense to me is that something else was going on. She just got fired from her job or she just got some really bad news or got broken up with or something. Maybe she had a romantic partner that kind of looked like you and she was just like, oh, of course. <laughs> you know, maybe I will try it to think nothing that way. to do with you. <laughs> I will try to think that way. But again, I was just so upset that somebody would be so mean for really no good reason. Be kind to each other, everybody, please. I can't take it. Now you know what's going to happen for me for the rest of the for the rest of eternity. Every time somebody comes in the elevator and I think they're going the wrong direction, I'm going to be like, "Stop! Stop! Please, don't, don't." Hey, don't, that gives don't, you some fun elevator banter with people. You know how like it's kind of right. awkward when someone gets on the elevator with you anyway. Yeah, and there's that like you have that sort of like initial like, "Hey, good morning," whatever, and then you stand in silence. Right. Somebody might make an awkward comment. At least now you have something you can lead off with to be like, see, one time this bitch <laughs> called me an asshole. Right. Yeah. For not telling her what direction the elevator was going. Let me ask you something. Would you call me an asshole if I just did that to you? No, sir. <laughs> okay, good. Whew, thank goodness. Anyway, again, I was I was genuinely upset that I was attacked for no good reason. So I had to get that out. On the show. Yeah. I, moments like that are just so shocking, I guess, because mm-hmm. you're not expecting it. There was nothing confrontational about your interaction with this person. Right. Maybe a little awkward when she said, oh, I wish you had told me that. Right. But it's not something that you would anticipate somebody sort of like escalating that quickly about. <laughs> well, thank you for your support. Thank you, listeners, for your support. I'm seeing an outpouring of support. People are actually <laughs> offering to send flowers and stuff. I'm just kidding about that part. But um, thank you. I'm glad I was I was thinking maybe I was an asshole, but I don't think it looks like I wasn't. So whew. you have some big news, much better news. I do. Um, it's sort of like big news before the big news, basically. So um met with my contractor the other day. We went over a final punch list of like really basic small items that needed to be covered before our place would be would be moving ready. So things like touch up paint, you know, some additional caulking that needed to happen on certain surfaces, like really little stuff. I also had a home inspection to just really make myself feel comfortable with moving home. One, so that I would know that there weren't any structural issues with the build which I don't think made my contractor very happy when it became clear to him that I had had a home inspection. <laughs> like I could I could just see on his face like he was not pleased to hear this, but you know, YOLO. <laughs> um <laughs> and everything is above board and we're uh counting the days yeah. and I should probably have some more big news in the days ahead. Related to that topic. Oh, very exciting. I started yeah. playing a song, but I don't know where the chorus starts. So maybe <laughs> I just shouldn't do it. I wanted to play Chris Daughtry's Home. I'm going <laughs> home to the place where I belong or whatever. I love that song. Well, that's yeah. very exciting. We're, how long has it been again? Did you say? It has been. Let's see. It happened in 
April of last year, <laughs> and it's almost August. So, what, 16 months? That's that's crazy. Imagine being yeah. out of your home for 16 months, dear listener. I don't have to imagine it because I lived it. No, I no, no. I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> I Just know. imagine what, what Laura's been through, and these people have been a real pain in your butt. So everyone has like, that's the thing. It's not any one person. Mm -hmm. I just feel like throughout this whole process, there has been so much incompetence from start to finish. Right. And I'm just like, how are there so many shitty people getting paid (laughs) to do jobs that they suck at? Yeah, I don't get it. I, you know, I feel like the older you get, the more incompetency you see. I didn't, I didn't see it at all as a teenager, even, even maybe five, 10 years ago. But now just the more people you work with, the more people you encounter, you just, you see it everywhere. Yeah. And it's, everyone it's, sucks. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is. But I'm so excited um, for what's to come in the days ahead and we'll have a little more detail on this to share uh, for our patrons in coming days. So really looking forward to that. Yeah. Did you order your Freedom Phone? Is that going to be your housewarming gift to yourself? No, I didn't want to expose my new home to that kind of security risk. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Have you ordered a Freedom Phone or are you going to get one and mod it to be a millennial phone? Oh, I'm not getting one to mod it. I am creating a millennial phone from scratch. Oh, by the way, I'm visiting freedomphone.com now, and now I'm getting a 503 service unavailable message. Like the site is just, oh, oh, it's down for maintenance, I see. I still haven't been able to get on freedomphone.com. But in the past week, as promised, I have developed ideas for the millennial phone. I feel like we should be able to launch a phone if, if they can do it. So here are some of the features of the millennial phone. Our recommendations, the ones we usually make at the end of the show, they will automatically be added to your Netflix queues, Amazon carts, etc. Just like a convenience thing. Each new episode of our show will automatically play the second it is released. You have no choice. You can't stop (laughs) it. It's gonna play as soon as it's published on typically Tuesdays. The Millennial Phone, as I said last week, does not actually have a phone. And I developed this idea further. When your number is called, because of course you still have a number, a message from a robot will say that this person's phone is lost and they're currently working to reunite it with the owner. But the thing is, that day will never come. So that way you have an excuse to tell people, oh, my phone was lost. They're, they're, they're sending it back to me. They're sending it back to me. But that day will never come. So you never will have to worry about a phone call again. That's my favorite feature. Oh, yeah. Definitely do not like making unnecessary phone calls. When you try to download a food delivery app, the phone screams like a howler at you to stop killing small businesses by using DoorDash. Yep. Plus, stop paying all of the stupid convenience fees. You're paying yeah. You're paying a delivery fee. You're paying some kind of restaurant fee. And then you're tipping on top of that. Screw that. Cut out the middleman. Go get your food. Tip the restaurant directly. Yeah, exactly. It's they, a win-win. The restaurants are suffering. We've We've spoken about that before. The Millennial Phone has a battery that only lasts four hours, but this is by design because it'll train you to use your phone less. And also, I couldn't afford more expensive batteries. So that is a feature, I promise. (laughs) 
It's a feature, not a bug. So, I mean, are we then going to be encouraging people to just chronically have their phone on a charger? No, I don't want you to. Actually, the phone doesn't come with a charger either. It um, charges with the sun for only two hours. Yeah, yeah. Expensive edition, but worth it. Because hashtag (laughs) save Earth. The phone will automatically filter all stupid social media posts from Republicans from your feed. That's like a genuinely good feature I feel everybody will be excited about. It is always listening to you, but only to detect when you're being a stupid bitch. And when you are, it (laughs) threatens to cancel you by posting your worst nude on Twitter. Ooh. So if the lady in the elevator had had this, her millennial phone would have been like, you are being a stupid bitch. (laughs) Yep. And her worst nude would have went up on Twitter. And so, look, I spoke to the phone carriers over the past week as well, but unfortunately, none of them are interested in carrying this phone with all these features. So the phone will not be subsidized. It will be available in five easy payments of $599.99. Pre-orders start this Friday. Yeah. I feel like we should create an infomercial, like an extended infomercial for this. Oh, no, not more homework. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun, though? It would be. Yes, it would be. I don't have time for that right now. All right. Well, thank you for putting together a features list for the millennial, the millennial phone. You're welcome. It's uh, more than the Freedom Phone did in terms of providing specs and things like that. I think we're off to a great start. Mm -hmm. For a little bit of Olympics news, Simone Biles withdrew from the Tokyo Olympics, presumably for mental health reasons. Um, Biles left the women's gymnastics final at the Tokyo Games because she was afraid she would be injured if she continued in a rattled state of mind. It is not clear whether she will compete in her individual events at this point. So thoughts on this, Andrew? I, you know, I don't follow the Olympics super closely, but Simone Biles is someone who is iconic and she can't be ignored. Right. So I've definitely paid attention to her and sort of her rise to superstar gymnastics status. So this was kind of shocking to see. Yeah. And also a big deal that she was so open with her mental health struggles. She's on the world stage and that is absolutely to be applauded for her to just come out and be like, Hey guys, you know what? I just wasn't in the right headspace to compete. So I'm going to sit this one out. And like you said, we'll see if she competes further into the Olympics. But I think this is being applauded as a huge win for normalizing mental health and the stigma that comes with admitting that you're just not feeling up to the challenge. We've all been there at work. We're just in our everyday lives when we're like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. And here she was not feeling it. On a very important day, but that didn't stop her from saying, you know what, I just can't compete because my head's not there. It's sad to see her not competing because, like you said, she's a huge, huge star. She's done so well during her career, but it's it's a win in another way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the U.S. women's gymnastics team is taking home a silver medal. So they've definitely you know, made a pretty significant achievement. Simone Biles has a number of gold medals under her belt. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that she has plenty to be proud of. I know that also Naomi Naomi Osaka um, 
dropped out of the French Open, uh, what was it, in June, because of concerns for her mental health and also feeling the pressure of the press bearing down on her all the time. So I really like this new trend that we're seeing with high profile athletes saying, no, you know what? The mind and the body are connected. And if I'm not taking Mm. care of my mental health, then I'm not going to be able to perform at my best. And I thought it was really uh, admirable because Simone and her fellow teammates gave a press conference about this. And she said as part of her decision, she was thinking about her team and that she didn't think it would be fair to her team if she had or if there were defects in her performance related to this that could potentially hurt the team's overall scores. So she was also thinking about her teammates, which I think is admirable. And I would say Simone Biles still won, you know? Yeah, she's really being a decent human being. And we need way more of those. I wish she was in the elevator with me. (laughs) Yeah, I think she would be a better elevator companion. By the way, Infinite Loop, who's listening live on our Patreon right now, has one more millennial phone idea. It needs the After Dark music to be played each day at sunset. Brilliant, Infinite Loop. But like... The current After Dark music or the OG After Dark music with the crickets? Do people get a choice? Yeah, sure. You can pick which one you want. Yeah. I would pick the current one. I think that's pretty chill for Sunset. Well, we will be moving on to politics in a moment. But first, we'd like to share a word from a millennial sponsor. They're Felix Gray, and they make the best blue light glasses on the market. With summer in full swing, we know that typically means less work and more play. But for those times you need to plug in and get back in the work zone, Felix Gray has your back. Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. These are the blue light glasses that started it all. I personally have the Hopper glasses in Seneca Mist, and they have quickly become my favorite pair of glasses for work, podcasting, and gaming. And non-prescription and prescription lenses are available. Check them out now at felixgrayglasses.com slash M-I-L-L. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash M-I-L-L. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGrayGlasses.com slash M-I-L-L. So there was some big news in America on Tuesday. The CDC has rolled back some mask mandates. They now recommend that in communities with growing caseloads, vaccinated and unvaccinated people should return to masking in indoor public areas. Pretty big deal because just a couple months ago, they said masks can come off if you're vaccinated in virtually all situations. And I remember commenting at the time that they really just ripped the whole Band-Aid off at once. It really was a big shift. And I think we saw in our towns now Laura is in an area where people have been resisting masks for this whole pandemic. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> um, but here in Vegas and I'm sure many other places People saw the masks come off very quickly 
And since then, cases have been rising, thanks largely to A, being unvaccinated, but B, the Delta variant. That now accounts for over 80% of cases in America, whereas when they removed the mask mandate a couple months ago, the Delta variant only accounted for less than 2% of cases. So the situation has changed greatly. Frankly, some disturbing comments from the CDC today. The director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, said that the Delta variant is showing its willingness to outsmart us. They said that the variant could spread through people who are vaccinated as well. Now, the fact remains that if you're vaccinated, you have a very, very, very good chance of not ending up hospitalized or dying if you contract the virus. But it is still spreading through people who are vaccinated. And I think that's one of the big worries right now. This is big news. And I just I don't see this country going back to wearing masks unless businesses like, you know, the big the big box stores, Target, Costco, the food stores, all of them are like, you know what? We are requiring masks again, vaccinated or not. I don't see people switching back. We've opened the floodgate and we're not going back. Yeah, I do wonder if there was maybe a naive hope that holding, you know, sort of dangling the, hey, you can go mask free as a carrot would like encourage people to get vaccinated. But I think what was missing from that whole calculus is that the people who are so resistant to getting vaccinated were never going to follow CDC guidance at all. Mm -hmm. So the rules really should be made with those people in mind, not sort of to appeal to people's better natures, because clearly that doesn't work. We're a nation full of fucking children, apparently. That's actually an insult to children. I take that back. I'm hopeful that the rise in cases is going to make some people who have been resisting the vaccine finally get it. Of course, you're right. Some people are never going to be convinced that that they can get the vaccine and then it's safe. But I think some people are going to be looking at rising cases. Some people will hopefully also look at the fact that friends and family members got the vaccines months ago and are still alive and say, you know what? Okay. Maybe the vaccine isn't so dangerous after all. And then go get vaccinated. I really feel like, like I said, we're barreling through reopening and the brakes yeah. are not going to be stopped. And I know people don't like that. I I wish we waited a little longer, I guess, in hindsight to start reopening up. Like we've been saying, too, this is something that we're going to have to live with, unfortunately. Hopefully we can get these vaccines in kids sooner rather than later. I think I think Biden said they're hoping to be able to vaccinate kids by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So at least there's that. Yeah, he is also expected to announce a vaccine requirement for all federal employees and contractors as of um, this Thursday. So a day after this episode is released. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's at least a good thing that he is exercising his executive authority where he can. Mm -hmm. But. This leaves a lot of people vulnerable and um, kind of shifting focus here and talking about people's reaction to this most recent spike. A lot of prominent conservatives have started changing their tune on getting the COVID vaccine, um, especially in light of COVID cases nearly tripling in the U.S. over the last couple of weeks. 
Um, And as Andrew said earlier, and just to put this PSA out there, just in case there's even one listener of this show who resides in the United States and has free and easy access to the vaccines, but is still on the fence, nearly all COVID deaths at this point are unvaccinated people, along with COVID infections. Go get your Fauci ouchie. There's no reason not to at this point if you reside in the United States. It is so easy. Mm -hmm. To start with one prominent example, Ron DeSantis, the Republican governor of Florida, pointed out that the vast majority of new infections are associated with unvaccinated persons. Great. Glad we're on the same page there. He said these vaccines are saving lives during his press conference. I thought now... Andrew, perhaps you can click this link and show our patrons who are oh, watching no. with us. Let's have a look at uh, DeSantis's campaign merchandise that he's selling. <laughs> Don't Fauci my Florida beer koozie. Yep. Uh, how the hell am I going to be able to drink a beer with a mask on? Oh, my gosh. Love my gov. Don't Fauci my Florida again. Keep Florida free. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, this this is a guy who is just engaging in convenience rhetoric because he knows that the vast majority of people who are refusing to be vaccinated in this country at this point tend to fall on his end of the spectrum, tend to be people who have been getting their taking their cues from conservative pundits and politicians And so he's starting to understand, along with a number of other prominent conservatives, that the largest sort of vulnerable population here are conservative voters. (laughs) And ultimately, this is going to come back to bite Republicans in the ass if we continue to see the spike and if further shutdowns have to happen. Yeah, they need those votes. So <laughs> they need them to stay alive and to yeah, be able to get to Republican a voters booth. need to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, whatever works. I mean, if that's going to get them to change the yeah. tune. Um, the reason I say this is because GOP pollster Frank Luntz said, I think they finally realize that if their people aren't vaccinated, they're going to get sick. And if their people aren't vaccinated, they're going to get blamed for COVID outbreaks in the future. So yeah. I think they've probably seen some pretty damning polling in mm. recent days that has uh, sort of emphasized or encouraged this kind of change in tactic with regard to vaccines. Um, I mentioned Alabama Governor Ivy um, a few moments ago. She recently said it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated for the COVID spike. It's hard to to argue otherwise when you look at the data. Oh, she's completely right. It's just so funny to hear such strong sentiment coming from someone who's affiliated with a party that has been naysaying this and completely rejecting science this entire time. And in Alabama. Representative Steve Scalise posted photos of himself getting vaccinated recently after months of refusing to be vaccinated. Uh, Even Sean Hannity has done somewhat of an about face on his show, urging people to take COVID seriously. I have to think that Fox News is afraid of a class action lawsuit at this point. Yeah, it was. He made this big statement I heard on his show last week, and it was just it just came out of nowhere because he hadn't 
been he didn't he hadn't come out so strongly in support of getting vaccinated until now. I guess a big question is is he going to keep up that message or was this a one-time thing he mentions and then we're not going to hear about it again. So we'll see. Another problem is that many many other people on Fox News are scaring people about vaccines and downplaying their effectiveness. It it doesn't it can't all come down to Hannity. There needs to be a top to bottom Vaccines are good. Vaccines are safe. Go get your vaccine. And just to look at the current breakdown of vaccine willingness, um, the Associated Press did some polling in June. Um, 51% of Republicans said they had received at least one shot versus 83% of Democrats saying the same. And 53% of Republicans said they definitely would not get vaccinated as of mid-June. So... It's pretty clear where most of the blame falls here. Mm -hmm. Do we think that the Republican Party can turn it around and effectively convince their people it's time to get pricked? (laughs) Time to get pricked, dick. No, I don't. (sighs) I mentioned a top to bottom turnaround on Fox News. That's what they need in the party, too. A top to bottom turnaround. But you're not going to get Lauren Boebert. You're not going to get some of these other extreme right wing Republicans turning around their stance on vaccines. That's part of their appeal. Their people like that they're anti-vaccine. That's what they voted for. (laughs) They like that they're anti-science. What a sad thing to say. I know, which is hilarious because, I mean, like it or not, Donald Trump is still very much the leader of the Republican Party. Yeah. And by the way, Uh, he got vaccinated. He's really not been helping at all get other people vaccinated. Yeah. So, no, I don't think they're going to be able to turn it around and effectively convince people that it's time to get pricked. Dick? No. Yeah, I really don't think so either. Um, I think, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it's probably going to take people having very personal experiences with extreme illnesses that cause them to become hospitalized cause family members to die. I think that it's going to have to hit really close to home for a lot of these people who are still in denial in order to potentially bridge that gap and get them over the hill and get them to understand how important this is. And that's just so fucking sad that that's what it's going to take. It's going to take watching your friends and family end up on ventilators and die. Yeah. And this is what happens every time Republicans resist something. They resist something until it personally affects them. I'm not in favor of gay rights until my daughter comes out as gay. You know, I'm not in favor of gun control until my family members personally get shot and killed. That's the playbook every time. And by the way, I also have to mention this. I think it's pretty interesting. There is this new study, 22,000 people surveyed. Americans who rely on Facebook for COVID info are less likely to get vaccinated than average and less likely than Fox News viewers. Facebook is having a worse effect on COVID misinformation than Fox News. Holy crap. I believe it. So when Biden said a couple of weeks ago, That Facebook is killing people by being a source of fake information. I guess he was right. Yeah. And I really wish he hadn't walked that back, to be honest with you. (laughs) Oh, man. Facebook had a heart attack when they when they responded to that. Oh, we are not killing people. How could you say that? The, The White House needs to do a better job. No, it's Facebook. Yeah, no. Facebook needs to do a better job. Yeah. 
I'm in a left-wing bubble on social media. I still see a lot of anti-vax stuff in my feeds from from a couple of my crazy Republican friends liking it. Um, just from just from looking at news articles from, let's say, the New York Times or Washington Post, and in the comments, there's all this anti-vax sentiment going on, and it's really frustrating. Oh, yeah. And it's not, I mean, it is more prevalent in highly conservative circles, but it would be a complete misrepresentation of the situation right now to say that there aren't any progressives or liberals who kind of fall in this camp, too. There are some pretty um, staunch anti-vaxxer, hippy-dippy types who think that, you know, you can cure your cancer with crystals and amulets and shit like that. So that definitely does exist. I have seen, um, I wouldn't call them friends, I would call them associates or acquaintances um, on social media who do skew more liberal, who are sharing these uh, really inflammatory headlines from not reputable sources alleging that, you know, the government is testing on us and the government, like the mRNA vaccine is specifically designed to uh, like track people of color and other things like that. So there's definitely some insanity on this topic on the left. It is far less, though, significantly less when you compare it to what's happening with more conservative circles. I'm just seeing on Twitter, this just broke as we were talking about all this. Nevada is following the CDC guidelines and is asking everybody in the state to start wearing a mask beginning this <laughs> Friday, whether you're vaccinated Georgia won't. or not. So that's what's going on there. Yeah. So just something we wanted to plug quickly. Um, four Capitol Police officers gave powerful testimony today on the uh, January 6th Select uh, Commission. Um a noteworthy quote from one of them. Um, this just like, it hit me hard. <laughs> like it was kind of like, yeah, I I can definitely relate to this because it kind of feels like the way that a lot of prominent um, Washington Republicans are treating facts in general. Um, he said, I feel like I went to hell and back to protect the people in this room but too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Yeah. I couldn't put it better myself. I mean, it really feels like when you're dealing with, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, that if you look up and say, oh, the sky's blue, the response you're going to get is like, the sky's fake. <laughs> You know, it's just so hard to even know how we make progress when one side of the aisle has gone so batshit insane. Yeah. We can't even agree on this. Yeah. I mean, literally look at video and photos. Many Republicans, basically their talking point is don't believe what you see with your own eyes. We should at least be able to all agree that what happened that day was terrible because if the tables were turned and the left did this, oh my gosh, this would be Fox News would launch a whole news channel, separate news oh my channel gosh, dedicated. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Tuss crazy liberals taking down the Capitol. They would try to equate it with like 
the British burning down the White House or something like they would they would make those kinds of comparisons. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're going to move on to an interesting study I found. But first, this week's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite sponsors, Honey. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the Internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field at checkout. And then we feel like we need to go and find a good promo code. Of course, you want to save some money. But that's a hassle, in part because you never know if the coupon codes you find are even going to work. And there are so many bad ones out there. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. They support over 30,000 stores online and it could not be easier to use. You just install the free plugin and forget it. Then when you get to a checkout page, Honey will take a moment to look for the best promo code and apply the best one it finds to your cart. I've saved money on so many things since installing Honey a few years ago. Most recently, I ordered flowers for someone, and when I was on the checkout page, just as advertised, Honey came to life and gave me a promo code, saving me $13 that I wouldn't have otherwise. And those savings add up big time. Honey has found its over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings, and now it's your turn. This is one of my favorite sponsors because it's the only one that's dedicated to keeping money in your pocket. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. Okay, so I saw this study. CNBC is doing this series of studies on middle-aged millennials. Laura, as you mentioned, what? Well, wait, wait. She's like, hold up. Wait, you mentioned a couple weeks ago that millennials are turning 40. That's middle age. It is, but I'm just a little bit triggered that there's um, a whole CNBC campaign called middle-aged millennials (laughs) y'all are getting old i know oh man i mean they're right yeah i if i live to 80 i'm I'm, i think i'm good with that i don't know if i need to live much longer (laughs) so i mean you're almost halfway there how do you feel about that that's fine it's been a long half of my life (laughs) you're over it i'm not over it i just feel like 80 80 might be long enough. We'll see. We'll see, everybody. You might be over it by the time you're 80. (laughs) Maybe. Well, in part because of what we're going to talk about here. So they found that 61% of millennials between 33 and 40 think they'll be working a second job or taking part-time work during retirement. One reason I wanted to bring this up is because I do feel this way a lot. I I do think about this a lot. People think they're going to have to work into retirement because millennials have had a hard time being able to save for retirement. Do you think you're going to be able to retire at a normal age? No. And it's such a sad thing to say because I'm not I'm not entirely convinced. I, I mean, somebody please feel free to send me something to assuage my concerns, but I have a hard time sometimes thinking that Social Security survives long enough for us to benefit from it. Like, Social Security pays out way more than gets paid into it. I mean, they're especially from, you know, not it's not really boomers. It's more um, like 
And it's not placing blame on anyone. I just happen to know from like personal anecdotal experience that there are some people who end up making way more off of Social Security than they ever paid into it during their working years. Right. And I, you know, the conversation about whether or not Social Security should work that way is a completely separate one. And I'm not passing judgment on anyone who receives that benefit because I think that people should be taken care of. However, how does a system like that continue to work? Yeah, that's like, a very real concern. I've read reports mm-hmm. about that too, that Social Security will simply run out because like you said, there's more going out than coming in. Yeah, That is disturbing. I too feel like I'm never going to stop working uh, because in part, I am a freelancer, self-made. I don't, I'm not building a 401k. I am building a retirement portfolio uh, using an investment tool that helps me sleep at night. I put in a certain amount every week. It just gets automatically deposited. And in theory, it is going to grow over time. It has been growing. So that's good. I really wonder what that's going to look like, though, in 30, 40 years. And of course, we don't like look ahead and think to ourselves, wow, America sure is on a great path. We're going to be set. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing. Well, and even looking at um, our parents' generation, a lot of people in our parents' generation are kind of in a similar boat where they're really struggling to retire. Yeah. I mean, you know, go through a nice big recession and several calamitous world events and that'll fuck your retirement prospects, you know? So there are a lot of people in our parents' age bracket who aren't going to be able to retire either. And looking at that, it doesn't really make me optimistic. Yeah. No. How could it? Um, Now, CNBC does kind of put a positive spin on working into retirement or what would be your retirement years. They say many millennials plan to work longer, not only because their overall health is better, but because the nature of their work has changed profoundly. In the silent generation and the first wave of baby boomers, boomers, work was far more physical. Today, many millennials' careers are based in front of a computer. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is kind of good. Like if I'm If I'm 85 years old and I need a walker, I don't need to get up to work necessarily. I could on the computer. I don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing at 80, 85, (laughs) but at least there's that. Um, And of course, that's not going to be for everybody. Not everybody's going to be able to have a a job on the computer. We hear about Amazon workers. These people retire or try to retire. They can't. So they're working at Amazon, taking these summer jobs or these seasonal holiday jobs at Amazon. Amazon destroys their bodies because they're working long ass days. Yeah. And I just think this is it's a really it's an individual thing. I know um, some people when they retire, they just genuinely they want to retire. They want to travel. They want to enjoy their twilight years. I've also met people who go out and get a part time job somewhere like you were saying, Andrew, just to stay active. Mm -hmm. All of those things are fine. It just sucks that anyone feels like they can't do what they want to do because, again, and I'm going to sound like a real pessimist on this topic. I'm sorry. I think it's so it's like such a weird thing that we are programmed to be little worker ants for three quarters of our lives 
mind you, those three quarters of our lives are when we're like the most spry, the most able to do things. They're like our peak, our pinnacle. And then they're like, yeah, but you can save up to have a good time when you're old as fuck. Like, why would I want the best years of my life to be when I'm frail? I yeah. I just don't get it. No, you're right. <laughs> and I I do think I will actually want to work. Who, who knows what I'm actually going to be thinking 30, 40, 50 years from now. But I think I might enjoy working certain types of jobs. You can have some pretty pleasant jobs. Maybe something outdoors, Mm -hmm. being a park ranger. Maybe you enjoy being a school bus driver. Maybe like a camp counselor, something like that. Like you, like to your point, you should be able to choose to have a job like this just to keep your mind and body a little busy if Mm -hmm. you want. But it really feels like we're all going to be forced into having these extra jobs simply to survive. My only goal, though, what would really comfort me. And I'm nowhere near hitting this goal, of course. But what would bring me great comfort is owning a home outright, having it entirely paid off because then there's no rent. Of course, you got property taxes, but there's no rent. There's no mortgage that would save a lot of save anyone a lot of money. So that's my main goal. (laughs) That's my retirement plan. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Shane's asking in the Discord if we can be 70-year-old influencers. And that makes me wonder, Andrew, if you became a 70-year-old influencer, what products would you recommend to people? (laughs) Activia. (laughs) That's uh, some yogurt that makes you poop. Um, You know, I wonder about about diapers. Yeah. Yeah, diapers. Need those diapers for that Activia. I do wonder about this question, Shane, not for me, but for other people. Like, what do porn stars do? What do TikTokers do? Instagram influencers. Like, for a lot of these people, their appeal is that they're young. Can they pivot? I guess so, because those followers are growing up with them. Yeah. Hmm. Damn it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, think about the fact that we've been podcasting since we were 15. Our audience has grown with us. We're all kind of going through this shit show together, right? So I think that there will be a demand as this generation ages for people in this age group to continue putting content out there. Imagine the kind of TikToks 70-year-old millennials are going to put out. (laughs) They're all, they're like poorly edited and... I know. (laughs) Or just like, what are the relatable topics going to be like? Oh, I lost my dentures again. (laughs) Right. My back is killing me every second of every day, which is a real oh. problem for people our age currently. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. Imagine I how bad it's going to be, you know, uh, when we're 70. Uh, Justin says, is podcasting 40 years in the future going to be like a radio host today? Yeah, that's something I think about, too. Yeah. Websites as we know them, they're not going to be around in 40 years. It's probably all going to be apps at that point. Podcasting. Who knows? But that's also something that's pretty inspiring about life is you don't know what's next. So you just buckle in and go for the ride. Maybe there will be something cool that we're doing then. A new form of podcasting. Either that or podcasting will be thought of as like an old people thing. And so (laughs) all of our all of our listeners, grandkids, like they'll tell their grandkids about the show and they'll be like, oh, my God. Grandpa, 
nobody does that anymore. You know, like it's just going to seem like. Yeah. Talk you, radio to them. You listened to something for an hour as they're flipping through 30 second TikToks. Yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, like that's what worries me about the younger generations more than anything. And actually people in our generation too. We have such short attention spans that podcasting isn't for everybody because we're so used to flicking through our feeds quickly to get as much information in as short of a time as possible. Well, and we've even heard from listeners of this show that they listen to the show at like 1.5 speed, yeah. right? So they're he- <laughs> like, we sound like chipmunks. And like, look, I'm glad you listen, of course, but I take great care in my editing and the pacing of the dialogue and stuff. Don't fuck it up with your fast forward. I know. <laughs> Let the art speak for itself. Hey, man, it's art, <laughs> yo. So I wanted to bring that up. I, I It sounds like we're in agreement that we're going to be working into what would have been our retirement years. Maybe retirements are retiring. <laughs> They're going to be a thing of the past, which is sad. We should have done like a, a laugh cry to that. Uh, <laughs> we laugh because it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun thing that I mean, it's depressing, but a fun discussion to be had, especially when you realize you're not alone. And also fuck CNBC a little bit for putting a bright spin on this. Like many millennials plan to work longer, not only because their overall health is better, but because the nature of the work has changed. Like, okay. Like you said, Laura. Yeah. Well, it's we kind of like relax. when people, I, I've also seen people refer, you know, you see people refer to your dream job. Like, what's your dream job? I've actually seen references to like, what would be your dream retirement hustle? And I'm like, I don't dream of labor when I'm retired. Yeah. Like I said earlier, though, there are some things that I feel like I would enjoy in my later years. And I know these jobs aren't necessarily easy they're just easier than what we do currently like i said like a park ranger that could be cool or a school bus driver i i think some people who are retired actually enjoy being school bus drivers um my dad retired he's a freaking crosswalk guard in town <laughs> for the kids um you know there's simple jobs like that you can mm-hmm. take on. And I think it is important to stay busy. You got to keep the brain busy or else that's going to deteriorate sure. quicker. So, you know, there are positives to to working later in life, the social aspect. All right. Before we get to recommendations, this week's episode is also sponsored by Public. The thought, actually, this is a great tie-in. The thought of investing in the markets can sound like a daunting task, but thanks to Public, it could not be easier. On public.com, you can invest with any amount of money with just a few taps on your phone. I love that public lets you invest with any amount of money. You do this through fractional shares. This means that you can invest in any company that you love, no matter the price. If a stock you want to invest in is $1,000, you might think, oh, crap, $1,000, no way. You don't have to buy a full share. You can just grab a fraction of it. Public.com will make you feel confident in your investments because the app has a major social component. You can follow people, including Laura and I, to see what we're investing in, and you can see why people are investing in these stocks. Knowing you're not going at this alone will help you invest with confidence. Public.com curates stocks with themes so you can navigate the market the way you see the world. You can invest in themes like tech, cannabis, green power, food delivery, 
the plant-based movement. Anything you are passionate about, you can invest in. And that's what I like to do because I don't know about some of these other companies I don't follow. So I just invest in companies that I already know, that I already follow. Public.com is the easiest and nicest looking stock app I've used. I just love it and we want you to check it out. Use code Millennial when you download the app to let public.com know you're coming from Millennial and you'll get up to $50 in free stock to get started in growing your portfolio. Again, that's code Millennial for up to $50 in free stock. This is valid for U.S. residents 18 and up, subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures. This is not investment advice. Okay, so let's move on to some recommendations. I feel like a lot of our recommendations have been TV focused in recent weeks. Personally, I'm like, you know what? I really need to get my money's worth out of some of these apps that I'm paying for. Um, I want to recommend two shows on Apple TV Plus. Ted Lasso. Everybody talks about this. Have you seen Ted Lasso yet, Laura? Um, I haven't, but I've definitely seen clips, so I can understand the appeal. <laughs> it's a it's a feel good show. A American football coach played by uh, Jason Sudeikis goes over to England and coaches a, a England soccer team. Ted Lasso is just a very cool guy, very inspiring guy. Such great writing in the show. The season two premiere is already out. It premiered last week. Apple TV Plus is keeping that carrot dangling in front of your in front of your face. You can only watch one episode a week, one new episode a week. And I also want to recommend another show on Apple TV Plus because that has been seen as really one of the only good shows on Apple TV Plus. At least it's the one that most people are talking about. Another show I've been enjoying so far is called Schmigadoon. It's a parody of 1940s musicals starring Cecily Strong from SNL and Keegan-Michael Key. There are a few musical numbers in each episode so far, and a couple of the songs have been really, really good. The plot, I'm still a little eh on, but it is a good time. So definitely check that out if you're already paying for Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, my recommendation is something that kind of came out of last week's episode when we did our Q&A with patrons. Um, Alyssa had asked if any of us had seen Bo Burnham's uh, special Inside on Netflix at the time, I'd only seen part of it. So we actually went back, started it over, and watched the whole thing. And oh my God, this is so good. Like, it is typical. Like, it's such millennial humor. I feel like there are some items in there that are very unique to the millennial experience. Um, he's also so transparent about his own mental health generally, but also how um, the pandemic affected that. There is so much humor. There's so much relatability. Um, and there's a lot of heart to it, too. Um, and <laughs> the playlist for this is on Spotify. These songs are so fucking catchy, y'all. I can't get them out of my head. And I was listening to this soundtrack the other day in the car like driving home from checking in at our condo and Mark and I had driven separately. He said that he was next to me on the highway and I didn't notice him, but he could see me like rocking out <laughs> to fucking Bo Burnham. And I was like, <laughs> the song I was rocking out to was shit, by the way. Um, so if you really want to feel uh, relate some relatability around uh, having like a shitty time or feeling like shit, Definitely recommend listening to that song. Wow. Okay. I haven't seen this yet. 
It's so, so good. But with the song called Shit, how can I resist? You really need to. You'll love it. Laura, what's coming up in After Dark today? So we found a BuzzFeed quiz, or actually Pam found this for us. We got to give her credit. She had been thinking ahead about After Dark. We found a BuzzFeed quiz, and we're going to argue about whether or not the text messages in this quiz are passive aggressive. Okay, yeah. Probably lean on some of our own experiences getting passive aggressive text messages. That's how I was imagining this discussion going. So that'll be fun. That'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. You get a new installment of After Dark every week. We're trying to put lots of good content in there. So you are entertained as you enter After Dark. And I say it that way because we put ad-free millennial with After Dark in one MP3 file. You can get Mega Millennial delivered to most podcasting apps, not Spotify, but most of the others. Um, And that way you can listen to ad-free millennial with After Dark back-to-back, one simple file to enjoy it all. We also release Hashing It Out, which is our pre-show chat every week. So that's at patreon.com slash millennial. We could not do this without you. The Patreon and the show have done really well with listener support over the past year through this pandemic. So thank you so much for supporting us. We greatly appreciate it. We can't say it enough. I know I sound like a broken record, but like, I really mean it. We are working on the physical gift for our Bay Level patrons. Hopefully we'll have something to share in the next month or two. So we we have an idea finalized. It's just a matter of getting the order in and getting it printed. We're working with a company to help us do that. So stay tuned. If you have any feedback about today's episode, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or by using the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. Make sure you are following the show for free on your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode. And finally, you can follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Laura. Bye, everyone. Bye.